Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. Pastor Michael and Pastor Heather, thank you so much for inviting me back to stand before the people that God has entrusted to you for their spiritual growth and care. I do not take this privilege lightly. Pastor Michael, on behalf of the Citizen Heights family, I just want to say thanks for giving us a playbook these last couple of Sundays on how to survive during the recent election and how we as Christians must conduct ourselves. Too many Christians have gotten caught up in the election hype and have forgotten who we should be giving priority to in our life. You giving us that perspective allows us to properly enter into this Advent season with the right mindset. Now, if you're celebrating Advent for the first time, Advent covers the last four Sundays prior to Christmas. So what do you do during this time period? Well, during this time period, we dig into our word and we look forward with expectation of Jesus' second coming, as well as look backward and remember Jesus' first coming. I don't know about you, but I've been looking forward to this season with great expectation. Right after Halloween, in fact, I put up my Christmas tree. This sent shockwaves through my family, all the way to my mother's house in Mississippi, because I normally don't enjoy the process of decorating. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a Scrooge. I just don't like, I mean, I like decorations. I just don't like the process of taking them out of the attic, the closets, the boxes, and putting them up only to take them down a few weeks later. Now, the action of putting up my tree early did not speed time up in any way, obviously, but it gave me some comfort, comfort in knowing that we would soon get to celebrate the promise, the birth of Christ, and all that it represents, which takes us to today's topic. Behold, the Savior comes. Now, this is part one. The text you'll receive today will come from the Old Testament. Next week, you're in for a treat, part two, which will be a completely different speaker and come from the New Testament. Are you excited? Are you ready to jump into this? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day that you have blessed us with. Lord, at this time, I'm I'm asking you that you allow me to decrease and that you increase, Lord. Allow your people to hear a word today that will inspire them and excite them about this season that we're getting ready to enter into, Lord. Allow them to know that you have given us the promise of your son, Jesus, Lord, and all that he is willing to do for them in their life. All they have to do is accept them in. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, the text for today comes from Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 17. And it reads, God spoke again to Ahaz. This time he said, ask for a sign from your God. Ask anything. Be extravagant. Ask for the moon. But Ahaz said, I'd never do that. I'd never make demands like that on God. So Isaiah told him, then listen to this, government of David. It's bad enough that you make people tired with your pious, timid hypocrisies. But now you're making God tired. So the master is going to give you a sign anyway. Watch for this. A girl who is presently a virgin will get pregnant. 
She'll bear a son and name him Emmanuel, God with us. By the time the child is 12 years old, able to make moral decisions, the threat of war will be over. Relax. Those two kings that have you so worried will be out of the picture. But also be warned, God will bring on you and your people and your government a judgment worse than anything since the time the kingdom split, when Ephraim left Judah. The king of Assyria is coming. In this text, we have a king, King Ahaz, who is the son and grandson of previous kings, who had a great relationship with God. But he himself, he doesn't have a great relationship with God. He has started to worship other things, and he has a big decision that he has to make. Whether or not he's going to join forces with another kingdom to prevent his kingdom from being overrun. God, knowing King Ahaz is about to make this decision, sends his prophet Isaiah to talk with him. Isaiah shows up and says, hey, king, I know what you're thinking, but don't do it. Don't join forces with these non-believers. God wants you to trust in him. If you join up with G.O.D., you don't have to worry about a thing. Have you ever been in the midst of having to make a hard decision? What am I talking about? We're currently living in 2020. People are in the midst of making hard decisions every day. Do I take out a loan to float my business? Do I close the doors to my business and take away my employees' only stream of income? as well as possibly take away a service from the community? Do I reveal I have a, <coughs> a cough or a slight fever and potentially lose out on 14 days of pay because I have to self-quarantine? Do, do I file a complaint with HR about how I'm being treated and risk being alienated? Do I travel to see family during the holidays and risk catching or spreading COVID? Do I participate in in-person activities at the church? Do I keep my child home or send them to in-person learning? 2020 has given us no shortage of hard decisions to be made, all underneath the microscope and judgment of our family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, and strangers. How did you make that hard decision? Did you seek God's reassurance? In this text, God knows King Ahaz doesn't have a close relationship with him. So he has Isaiah reassure him by saying, hey, it's okay. I know it's a lot to ask of you to believe in something you cannot see. So to help you know you are making the right decision, ask for a sign. You know what? Go big. Ask for something that will leave you with no doubt that I, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, has your back. Ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls, this is where King Ahaz messes up. His response is that he doesn't want to be a hypocrite, and he doesn't want to tempt God by asking for a sign. Oh, the value of having a relationship with God. Now, I don't know where you are with your relationship with God this year, but me personally, I've had highs and lows. What has kept me from spiraling out of control in the negative zone has been my relationship with Christ, studying the word, and my church family. Now, recently for a seminary class I've been taking, I had to write my spiritual autobiography. 
The difference in a spiritual autobiography and a regular autobiography is the focus. A regular autobiographer focuses on your whole life and includes things like, you know, in the third grade you were in Miss Macedonia's class and for Christmas break you were selected to take home the class pet, a guinea pig named Alf. And when you get home, your mom almost kills you for volunteering to bring home a rat. But mom, it's not a rat. Get that thing out of here, she says. Nope, that's not a spiritual biography. A spiritual biography skips over all of that and focuses on your life before Christ entered in and how your life changed after Christ entered in up to present day. When I wrote mine, it caused me to reflect back on all the times that God showed up in my life. Like when my car crashed and flipped over five times and I walked away without a scratch. Or how God protected me on deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan. How God heard the prayers of my wife and I for a baby for five long years. And in God's perfect timing, he answered our prayers. Why do I bring this up? Because I don't want you to mess up like King Ahaz. You see, King Ahaz's grandfather had a relationship with God. And his dad had a relationship with God, with God. Which means King Ahaz, he had to have been around some situations or crisis in the kingdom to know that God had always taken care of the kingdom. But for some reason, he has forgotten how wonderful God is. I encourage you sometime in the near future, write down and re reflect and write down um, instances in your life where God has stepped in and, and, and showed up and, and blessed you and have taken care of you. And if you're like me, you'll find yourself pacing in your room saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, just, just uncontrollably, just thinking how much God truly loves you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Back to regular, the regularly scheduled message. Isaiah, that's who we're talking about, Isaiah. He tells King Ahaz, God is going to give you a sign. Despite you saying you don't need one, this is how grace and mercy, this is, this is what grace and mercy is all about. Even though you, don't need, you say you don't need one, I'm gonna give it to you anyway. Think about that. How many of you know God doesn't make promises that God doesn't plan on keeping? Some examples King Ahaz should have been able to reference back to was the promise of God to Abraham and Sarah that despite their age, God was going to bless them with a child, and that Abraham would be the father of many nations. Or how about Moses helping Moses get the children of Israel out of Egypt and what, how about what God told Joshua after he took over from Moses? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. If those were too far back, he could have looked back on God's role in the lives through the line of the kings in the house of David. Through this line and as recent as his grandfather and his father, he would have been reminded of the power and the faithfulness of God. Just taking a moment to reflect on God's goodness in his kingdom might have triggered him to break out in, into song with some way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. So what was the sign? The sign was a picture of the coming of Christ. 
Isaiah said, watch for this. A girl who is presently a virgin will get pregnant. She'll bear a son and name him Emmanuel, God with us. Man, I'm so glad we get the advantage of living in this day and age. We get to look back through our word and see the instances where God was giving the people clues into the fact that a plan had already been made for a savior to come and rescue us. And although it may have seemed impossible, it was possible. What were some of these clues? How about the fact that Abraham was 100 and, and Sarah was 90 when they had their promised child? That should have been impossible. So okay, maybe a virgin having God's child might not be impossible. How about when God asked Abraham to then sacrifice his son Isaac, but because of his faithfulness, didn't have to, but was provided a ram in the bush, giving us a glimpse of what he as a father would go through when his son would go to the cross and like the ram take the place, took the place of Isaac, Jesus would take the place of all of us on the cross. Oh, we serve a good God. Even in the year of 2020, whenever we're faced with an uncertain future, we can fully expect that Jesus will fulfill his promise of salvation and care. As I get ready to close, I, I wanna leave you with three thoughts. One, expectation. This Advent season, make up in your mind that you're not going to get caught up in the hoopla. I don't know what the hoopla is for each of you because for each of us, it can be something different. But I want you to have a conversation with God that goes something like this. God, going into Advent season, I know I'm not all that you desire of me, but I wanna be. And I know with your help, I can become the person you desire me to be. Then have the expectation that as you pray faithfully, and that as you study your word faithfully, God will provide you with the assistance that you need. Number two, trust. King Ahaz failed to trust God and doomed his whole kingdom. I don't know what you are going through, but I promise you that whatever it is, it's not too big for God. Once you tell God what's going on in your life, trust that God heard your prayer. Remember, God is all-knowing and he has a plan for your life. Now this is not the small print, but often gets overlooked. All prayers don't get microwave results. Can I, can I take a personal commercial break? Many of you know 2020 has been the year of medical issues for me. Since April, there have been times where it seemed like one step forward and, and two steps back. But God, when, when I, whenever I get a, um, setback, I would reflect on scriptures like Psalms 37, 25. I've been young and now I'm old. Well, I'm not that old, but I'm older. And yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread? Or Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Those scriptures, those, they help remind me to trust God. You should get yourself some scriptures to throw in your hip pocket, you know, to pull out when you, when you need it. Until you find your own, you can, you can borrow mine, you know. Um, and then point number three, sight. Don't trust everything you see with your natural eyes to be the truth. King Ahaz, he could not see how God was going to give him the victory. He needed to work on his spiritual eyesight, or better yet, his faith. 
In the message translation, Hebrews 11, um, verse one through two says, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. Expectation, trust, and sight. As we go deeper into the season of Advent, I hope those thoughts help you reflect on the coming of Christ. For some of someone out there, something may have been said today that triggered a thought that you want to give your life to Jesus today. If that's you, we want to encourage you to follow through with that thought. This is a place where you can truly know God and grow in everything that he has for you, in a community where you'll be loved on always. Thank you for joining us today. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you for, for, for your word today and moving in the lives of your people. We know that change is on its way. Our, the miracle, the prayer request that we've been sending up, it's just right around the corner, Lord. Things like being able to get back to in-person church services, it's, it's right around the corner. All we have to do is keep the faith, believe in that expectation, and trust that you have a plan on how to get us to where you're taking us. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen.